0: give thanks because why? He's good. That's one reason. And number two, because his mercy endures forever. I don't know about you, but I'm standing here today because he's good and because his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. We're buying a new, we're building a new building because he's good. Hallelujah. I don't hear any excitement this morning because he's good. Hallelujah. Because he's So we're going to sing about the goodness of God and the mercy of God this morning. And I want you to think about what that means to you as we sing this song. Amen. I want you to get in your mind and in your heart that picture. You have to see it before you walk into it. The promises of God fulfilled. I want us to see ourselves in our new building this morning. Praising the Lord. And I want to challenge you to praise the Lord like we're in the building right now because we are in the building. reminded of a scripture in Hebrews that says there was some who died in faith having not seen the promise but they saw it afar off. They saw it. They already knew that it was done. And they can close their eyes and rest and know that their prayers have gone before them. We can rest but we can also praise God because he's doing what only he can do. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. You know, standing in the Word keeps us in faith and also praising and worshiping the Lord through whatever it is that you're going through. Whether it's a project like we're in right now, when times are good, we still praise the Lord. When the challenges come up, we praise the Lord. And I'm reminded this morning of two individuals in the Bible. I'm reminded of the three Hebrew boys. When they were in the fire, they knew who were with them. Hallelujah, is that your testimony this morning? That when things around you are heating up, you still know who's with you. And I'm reminded of Job, the Bible says, when all those things came against him, he fell on his face and worshipped. They have always stuck with me. I say, God, may that be my response to worship. When it seems like we're surrounded by enemies, we're surrounded by challenges, Let us know who we belong to, who we're connected to, and who's going to see us through. When it seems like you're surrounded, he's right there. Whatever you're going through this morning, I encourage you to trust him. He's right there. Hallelujah. doesn't no, no matter what it is you need a victory of healing of deliverance
1: I'm in the monitor this morning as well. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, we just thank you that our victory is in Jesus. And we sang about standing on your promises. And so, Holy Spirit, as we sing that song, you were reminding me of some of the promises of God. And so I'm grateful for that. So I continue to stand on the promises of God. And I thank you, Father, that they are mine. The promises of God, the things that He's spoken to you, are already yours. Amen. They're already yours. Glory to God. Glory to God. You don't receive them with your physical hands, but you receive them with faith in your heart. You lay hold of them with your faith. And then you do what the song says. Every opposition that comes your way, you sit at that table that he's prepared for you. In the presence of opposition, you sit there and you don't look around. You look to him. You look at Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. You keep your eyes on him seated at that table. And you enjoy, you partake, and you give thanks because you know your victory is found in him. Hallelujah. That's what faith does. It doesn't look at what the enemy's doing. It doesn't take its eyes off the master and look around at what's going on around them. Because we know there's enemies around us. We know the enemy is around us but we don't give any attention to him we don't give him any advantage we look to the master amen we keep our eyes firmly fixed and focused on jesus our victory amen father i thank you for each and every one who's standing in this house today those who are with us online we just thank you father for them we thank you that you are both working in them to both to will and to do of your good pleasure. We thank you that you are carrying out your will and your purpose in their life. And Father, if there's something out of alignment with your word in their lives this morning, we ask that you would illuminate that to them and let them see what that is and so that corrections could be made. And if it needs the supernatural power of God, To work in their lives we call it to be that today we call in the supernatural power of God this morning we thank you Lord we thank you Lord we engage with it this morning and we thank you that we are the healed we are whole nothing is missing and nothing is broken in our lives as far as you are concerned and so we say that that is the case today amen Do you agree with what Jesus says about you? Say, I agree with what you say about me and my future. Amen. Why don't you greet one another this morning before you're seated. Thank you. Thank you, T.
0: Good morning, Father's House Family Church. It is nation Barton here with this week's upcoming events and announcements, so listen up. I would like to first take this opportunity to welcome all of our guests and our first-time visitors. If this is your first time with us, we welcome you. Come on, Father's House. We thank God for you joining the service this morning. You are welcome here. We pray that you have felt the love of God and the presence of God as you have been sitting in the service, and we pray that you continue to do so. Listen, we would love to connect with you further. When you enter the sanctuary, you should have received the welcome packet that tells you a little bit more about us and also a connection card. We would love if you could fill out that connection card and turn it in during our offering time and then we have a gift for you. You can also learn more about us on our website um, and we would love to learn more about you through the connection card. So if you don't mind filling that out for us, we have a gift for you. Again, thank you so much for choosing to worship with us today. We pray you enjoy the service and that you come back and worship with us very, very soon friendly reminder that our backpack and school supplies drive is still going on And as of today, we have received all of the pens and pencils that we need to fill all of the backpacks. So thank you to everyone who has donated, um, who have blessed these families. We so appreciate you, and we know God is going to bless you abundantly. Listen, we still have some items on the list, however, that we still need to uh, receive so that we can fill all the backpacks. And so we are extending the drive until August the 7th um and then at that point we're asking that you bring in whatever you have bought by august 7 so that we can see what we still may need and we'll have time to go and get it before we distribute the backpacks on august the 13th at the town hall so august the 13th we'll be at the town hall from 12 p.m to 3 p.m distributing the backpack and we have until august the 7 to bring in the school supplies drive amen And last but certainly not least, this is just a reminder that after service today, that Lit Youth will be hosting their bake sale and their merch sale. So please make plans to stop by and pick up something or a few things before you leave service today. All contributions will be going towards their next outing. They're so excited for their next outing and we're excited to be a blessing to them. Amen. Awesome. at this time, that concludes our announcements for today. And so we're going to call for Mr. Eric, who's back in the building with us this morning. We're going to call for Mr. Eric to come forth and receive our offerings. So let's receive
2: them. Our victory is in Jesus' name, amen. Everybody can hear me okay? It is good to be back. Appreciate that. I appreciate all the texts, well wishes, cards, means a lot. Prayers, most importantly, that's how we gain everything, right? Prayer, before we receive the offering. Thanks, nature, for the announcements. want to talk real quick I want to show a scripture up there with Ivan if you could put it in first Thessalonians first Thessalonians everyone can go there if you want on your phone or if you have a old fashioned Bible kids this is a Bible maybe you haven't seen one in a while adults this is a Bible in case you haven't seen any in a while I know it's easy to click on your phone, the Bible app. We all do it. Different ways to give if you're online, or here you can give. Go to our website. Go on your phone. Or you could do the old-fashioned envelope, which some of us like to do still. I do it online, us personally, because I know it's getting there every week, and of course. Don't forget to pray over it. Just because you're doing it electronically doesn't mean it's not real. So encourage each and other, build each other up just as you are already doing. That's why we come to church. That's what I missed the last three. This is going to be the third week I came today. I thought I was going to be ready to go after the second week, but I just couldn't do it. But I'm happy to be here now because there's nothing like, being at church, praise and worshiping with the people that you love and you know and the Holy Spirit's working the way he works it's better to be in a big group. Now I was watching at home and it's not the same now I can I can watch other preachers watch other services online listen to them at night going to bed which is what we do when I receive but it's hard to watch your own people praise and worship and you're not there. Teaching the word and you're not there. Saying hello, hugs, shaking hands. I remember shaking hands with Joe for the first time and he tried to give me a hug and I'm like, "Whoa, what are you doing?" I wasn't there yet. Thank God for his grace. Joe wasn't like, "Oh, I don't like that guy. He's kind of me." I'll give him a hug anytime now though. That's how we grow. We come to church every week. Get together. Iron sharpens iron. I just want to make sure I don't forget anything. I've had three weeks to come up with stuff and I only got two paid. No, I'm just kidding. I like the family shirts. I was supposed to wear mine this week. I had a pastor who does our laundry at home, my wife. And I think she kept it in the dryer too long because now I have a bracelet instead of a t-shirt. So, I'm just kidding. You can still do my laundry. Anyway, so, you know, I haven't been here, so I'll, I'll just talk about my injury real quick. So, because you know, you post things online and social media, and, or you talk to people, and, and they don't really know. And you're like, I really want to know what happened. or well, what was the surgery? Helps people pray, right? So I'm already on my way to good healing. I'm going to be better than I was before. So months ago when I said I went to that prayer conference and I received my healing, I did receive healing. I had two injuries. The left side of my lower back, I injured back when I was about 25 years old. I was in the Middle East. And I came back from a mission. And when you're over there wearing all the gear, the combat gear and all this other stuff, and you're jumping in and out of vehicles and rolling around and doing the fun stuff, you put a lot of stress on your back. And that goes all the way back to when you go to basic training, carrying all this weight. So your back tends to compress. So I. You know, I tweaked my back. I was out for a, a couple of days, and of course being over in the war, they're like, get up, get out of bed, hit some moach and drink some water, you're good. So being young and in better shape than I am now, I healed pretty fast. Got back into it and continued on with the mission. And then I came home, and after a couple of years, I was working in construction, and I kind of tweaked it, moving a ladder around. But I was like, oh, I'm okay. And then around the... Then when we bought this building and we bought our house in the same within the same month or two. So we did a lot of moving. So Pastor went to the to get certified the John Maxwell team down in Florida and I was laid up on my couch. I had to go to the VA hospital. I remember I had to go with Pastor Jack. He had an appointment there too. He's a little bit older than I am. And he's running into the, the clinic and I'm limping in. So I said, hey, Eric, you got a bulging disc. It's on your left side. He gave me some medicine. I sat on my couch. You know, it's in the middle of summer. She's away. I couldn't do anything. I went back to work. I said, I got some good news. I got some bad news for the job I, I have now. Of course, this was, you know, years ago. I said, what's the good news? I'm back at work. He said, what's the bad news? I got to go home. I would use the rest of my vacation time, and I healed up. Then... About a year ago this time, I was at work, and I felt something not right. So I told the boss, I said, you know, as long as I can stay on light duty, then I'll stay on light duty and try to just, you know, when it's the work's done, I'll go home, I'll relax. Well, after a week, I had to do an even harder job. I had to cover for someone that, you know, so I'm driving around in this big truck, making a bunch of deliveries, all this heavy gear, and I had someone go with me. Well, I was in Plymouth, and that's about an hour from Swansea, where we live, and the guy I was working with, he's like, you just, you can't do anymore. I mean, I was cringing. I was in and out of the truck. I could barely walk, so I called Pastor, and she came, drove an hour, picked me up, and I've been out of work ever since. So when I went, and they did an MRI, they said, oh, the right side of your back is, you have a a bulging disc, or it's uh, a burst disc, herniated disc. For some reason, I could never, think of that term herniated disc and it's on the right side so the MRI and they're like oh you have two injuries one's on the left one's on the right so the insurance company's like well this is an old injury and they said no 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 this a new injury which is the right side so we're like physical therapy this and that but I, we went to get out healing or oh, we went to the prayer conference and the guy called me out like I said he said you know anything about L5 S1 that's what my injury is I never even met the guy in my life. He says you're healed in Jesus' name. And I felt that fire inside me. I wanted to jump and run around, but I was like in, in between people. Because at that point, nothing hurt in my body. And that's when I told you, I'm like, man, he knows us by name. And that sometimes it takes revelation of him talking directly to you or something like that. Because it's always like, I'm praying for you. Or I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to give that for you or to you or for him. Well, he, he wants to do stuff for us. And so that's why I, I said I was healed. So I had another MRI. Nothing's wrong with the left side of my back. But the right side was still messed up. So the left side got healed. The old injury was healed. And I'm like, oh Lord, it healed healed the whole thing. But I still had to go to the pro- through the process, and when they gave me a, an injection, it made the nerve in my back worse. Well, they didn't see it in the MRI, but after my surgery, the doctor called the pastor, and he said, hey, there was a huge piece of his disc that was broken off and just resting on the nerve root. So he took that out. I had a laminectomy, it's called, which is they shave the bone down a little bit, and then a discectomy, which is they take out the disc that's, that's perniated, that's bulging out, and they cut that out. And then they put sewed me back up, put some fake glue. I, I'm like, what is that, Elmer's glue? And some fake skin. So here I am three weeks later. I'm getting back to it. I'm feeling better than I ever was before. So I thank God for that. And I thank him for doctors. Now, I could jump around and run around right now because I'm feeling so good in the house of the Lord. But I have common sense, too. You know, we can get supernatural healing, but use our common sense to be like, hey, don't do anything stupid. So I appreciate being up here. I appreciate you listening to that story. But now everybody knows, you know, what I had, what was going on. And we're on the road to goodness. we can get to uh, giving. Can we get the school supplies up there? You know, we're collecting school supplies. Now, when we're collecting school supplies, we have specific brands or types of supplies. I know sometimes, you know, you go to the store and whatever, you're like, oh, I'm going to grab this. But we want all the supplies to match pretty much all the same kind of notebooks, all the same crayons all the same colored pencils and whatever else so the pencils we don't need any more pencils we still need crayons markers colored pencils and glue sticks pens we got enough and notebooks that three out of three out of seven right now i know by the time the kids go back to school we're going to be 100 percent on that amen next slide So you see those numbers up there, folks. We got $5 in last week. What did we get? We get 790000 We sold our building. We don't own this building anymore. So that number is going to be erased within the next few days. The roof's going to be paid off. We're going to find some land, and we're going to build on it. I'm back there. It's hot in here. I'm back there. I got the fan right on me. That's what you're missing if you're not serving back there with us. you a nice fan. So take that $6,260 that we totally received and add it on to the 17000 That's about $24,000. i am I'm missing something here. 49000 when we started. And that was a year and a half ago. This isn't the biggest church. And we still raise that much money. We got some givers, amen? But I want to tell you something about us givers. We're prayers, too. The people that sign back there that's hanging up with the little light sitting behind uh, where Mr. Clark is, it's a vision, mission, and values. Take a couple minutes and go back there and read that. Whenever you come in or whenever you leave. But before we had that up there, we had some names of people that took their hard earned money and offered it to the church so we could buy this building. So we took the money, we took the prayers, and we took our faith, bought this building. We stepped out, we didn't know where we were going, but we weren't renting anymore. You when you think about how God works, you think, okay, I got what I received, that's good with this seed. No, the seed that those people and everybody in here, since you've been coming here and giving us the Father's House Family Church, has been multiplying. I don't want to get into the numbers of how much we bought the building for, but it wasn't $790,000. And that money that we raised two weeks before we left that old rental behind the pizza joint, 23,000, it's turned into 790,000, plus all of that If you've given here, and you know how much you give at the end of the year when we give you that statement. Folks, a prayer doesn't stop working. Our seed does not stop multiplying, as long as you put faith with prayer behind it. And the reason why we're so successful with a smaller congregation, which we're working on it, we'll grow. I believe we're going to have a lot more people in that new building. But it does not stop working. So when we say we're buying land, we're building a new building, we're growing, that's each of us. And when we grow in the Lord in this place, we're going to grow in our personal lives outside of this place. Amen? So Galatians 2.20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So today when you're giving, keep that scripture in your heart. He lives in us. And I thought of that scripture because I was scrolling through on social media, and I saw a cool t-shirt, and on the back of it it had Jesus, and around it was a circle and it was a crown of thorns. And it said, Lord of Lord, King of Kings. And when I saw that t-shirt, I felt the drop in my spirit. And I said, wow. You know what? Jesus means that much to me. His Just his name alone moves my spirit. That's how I know who he is and he knows who I am. Now, some of us on the outside, they don't know that name. They can just read it and it's in their head. The, the difference is it's in our hearts. And when we do anything with him in our hearts, we'll be successful. Amen? Before we read our confession, I just want to say, I didn't get to say thanks to the teens and the Clarks for that breakfast. That was an awesome breakfast. We haven't done it in a while. And I hope we raised a decent amount of money. And then, of course, today afterwards, if you feel like donating for a good cause, that's, that's a seed, guys, what i just been talking about. can turn into a building, right? All right, let's stand, please, and we'll confess our, confess our confession. Say it like we mean it now, because it's working. Ready? Because we are tithers, the windows of heaven are open. The blessing is being poured out. Because we are sowers, we are furnished in abundance for every good work. We receive jobs or better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales, and commissions, settlements, estates, and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns. We receive checks in the mail, supernatural wealth transfer, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, and properties acquired. We are getting our buildings, lands, houses, vehicles, and equipment. God is bringing into our hands great big seed, and we are moving forward in faith in every area of our lives. We command our harvest to come. Harvest, come to us now. Harvesting angels, go get it and bring it to us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have anything to drop in the bucket, please come up and do so. I just want to make mention, we don't own this building anymore, but we still respect it like our own. Amen? And also, teens, I see you. Kids, I see you. I was thinking the other day how hard it is to be a teenager in this world right now. And when you have God in your life, that might seem like the enemy because he's trying to twist it. So I got some information that the Holy Spirit's been dropping into my heart, and I'll talk to Mr. Mike, and I want to come down there sometime in the month of August or early September and talk about how we can have faith in God and love Jesus but not have to be embarrassed about it, amen? And get strength from that and just be successful in everything we do. All right, Pastor, you want to pray over the offering, please?
1: Word of God. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give, and we thank you that because Jesus lives in us and because you sent him, he came to provide a life where we can live more abundantly. A life with an abundant supply of everything we need. We receive that right now. Do you receive that? Say, so yeah, I, I receive my abundant supply, supply right now, right now. In, Jesus in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, and we give Amen. you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory Jesus. to God. You want to instruct the kids? So now I have some
2: instructions for the kids so they can pay attention. They're up here. We don't want any distraction. Adults, you either. No. So we'll put the instructions up on the board, up on the screens, I should say. So does everybody have paper? Kids, give me a thumbs up. You got paper and something to draw with? Okay, just like when I was downstairs. Are you listening? So you draw a picture of a tree with lots of fruit on it. What kind of fruit? What kind of fruit comes on a tree? Apples? Oranges? Peaches? What about blueberries? Strawberries? Tomatoes? The plant, right? I wonder if you could ever grow it long enough it looks like a tree. I don't know. But anyway, how about a fig tree? Did we find that in the Bible? So that's for kids under seven. Says it on the screen. Kids eight to 11 now. Who's eight to 11? Raise your hand. All right, we got some. Write what kind of tree Pastor Maria talks about and draw a picture of that tree with lots of fruit on it. So the first group, seven and under, draw a tree with fruit. Now, eight to eleven, you're drawing a picture of a tree with lots of fruit on it. But it's the kind of tree that pastor
1: talks about. And write what kind of tree. And is. then you're gonna write what kind of tree
2: it is. Everybody got it back there.
1: Bonus points for the most detailed. We'll pick two winners from each group at the end.
2: Is that all the instructions? Yep. All right.
1: Thank you, sir. Thank
2: you.
1: Glad you're here today. Happy to be here. hallelujah glory to God so as he said we no longer own this building hallelujah glory to God because God said so that's why someone said why are you doing it because God said so it's what he told us to do and so we're just being obedient to him and I'll have you know that from now until whenever we vacate this building not only do we not have a mortgage payment, a rent payment, we no longer have a utility payment either. No oil, no, n- nothing. So that gives us an opportunity to what? Save. Because <laughs> we're going to need it. <laughs> right? And so we thank God for his provision. We're so thankful for his provision. And I tell you, when you obey God, you can do significant things with him. When you partner with him, God doesn't do anything small. If we're playing small, it's because we're doing it by ourselves and not in his strength. I I did that for a long time. I played small because it's safe. And then, you know, maybe nobody will say anything if I fail, you know, or, you know, people won't think, oh, God's not, you know, he can't do it or this and that. And that's where my faith was. And he'll honor your faith. He'll meet you right where you are. But God does not play small. He's a big God who can do great and mighty things. And he made us and wired us to want to do significant things. When you do that, the word of God tells us that it gives glory to God. And so I got a call this week, uh, the day we closed in the evening, right around 11 o'clock at night. And it was from an individual who's very close to me or has been very close to me until I decided to surrender fully to the Lord. Then me and this individual kind of had a little fallen out. Uh, we had a conversation that didn't go too well because, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, we hung out a lot and it was, you know, you think you're better than me, you know. <laughs> no, I'm just different, just different. And so uh, it was, that was the last God conversation we had. And I love this individual, and I'm believing for this individual's, uh, you know, full surrender to the Lord. And we had a conversation about what uh, transpired with the clothes. And I told this individual all the steps that we took, but not what the steps we took. It was all God that orchestrated all of this. For the town to call us before we even said we were, before I even announced to the congregation that we were going to sell the building, the town had called us and asked if we wanted to sell to them. And so we solved a 27-year issue in the town of having no library. When Kev was in school, he's 28 or 29? He's 28. Uh, when he was in school, they were talking about, we need a new library. And uh, now they have one. And that's what this, they're turning this into. And so, in talking to this individual, uh, I didn't say anything. And it, it, this individual, it's kind of them. It's hard for them to say God. Uh, that's where they're at. But maybe I don't know, twelve or thirteen times during the conference, oh, God is so great. Why? Because when you accomplish something significant, significantly, it's significant for the Lord. It gives. Glory to him. He knew it wasn't me. It was the Lord. And so it encouraged me. At the end of the conversation, he asked, so what are the next steps? I said, well, we're acquiring land and we're building. He said, well, if God did all that, he'll do this. That encouraged me. That's someone who's not really walking with the Lord, encouraging me. Right? To say, well, if he did all that, (laughs) he's got this. And so I thank God for his uh, leading and his guiding. Amen? I thank him for that. Glory to God. And we have wonderful things to come. Amen? Glory to God. I'm excited for him. Now this morning I'm quite full. I watched every service of camp meeting, and I'm just so full. And so uh, since we don't have anybody who I got a paperback from for this week, the next one I have is August 14th, I think. So you're stuck with me today. So we're going to continue talking about growth, and we're going to talk about why grow. Why? Why are we even doing this? And I thought the Lord was changing my message this morning because when I got up this morning and I was in the Word for a little while, Uh, I started getting all these scriptures and things and I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? (laughs) Are you changing my message? But no, we're going to do the same message uh, that we studied for, but he gave me another message as well. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is instruction, direction, correction, and it teaches us how to become perfect in you. Just as Jesus is, so are we perfection is not unattainable because Jesus said for us to be perfect as he is perfect, one who is well-trained and disciplined. And so it's not difficult for us to do that because Jesus, you told us to do it, so you've empowered us to do it. And so we thank you for your word that's showing us and instructing us and teaching us how to come up In Jesus' name, amen. When I was a little girl, probably about nine years old, uh, someone gave my family a little tree, and it was in a pot, and you could put the first picture up, it looked like that. Uh, They told us that if we took care of it, it would produce fruit, and it was edible, you know, that it would taste good, and we, you know, enjoy it. So uh, if you asked anyone, now they gave it to the family, but if you asked anyone, that was my tree. <laughs> that was little Maria's tree. And so uh, I did what they told us to do, watered it. And she made sure I didn't water it too much, you know. Uh, I bought it, brought it outside on the porch when it was nice enough and then brought it inside when it got too cold. Uh, I talked nice to it, I even sang to it, because they had I, I read something or someone told me that if you sing to the tree and not talk bad to it, you know, it would grow. Uh, sometimes I took off the dead leaves. That was kind of her job because I would cut anything off. I thought it was dead. if it looked like it was just sagging a little bit, I cut it, and so she would help me prune the tree. And so before long, they were correct. That tree produced the oranges. Now, typical oranges look like this. You see the full-size orange? That's what my oranges look like. But they tasted good. They weren't the bitter kind. There's one that's bitter, but it was like, I think it was mandarins, and they tasted good. You could peel them, (laughs) and you can eat them. And to me, you know, I was small at the time. I was like, these are good size, just perfect. And the tree was, you know, little, so it, it produced, that's what it produced. And so uh, this went on for a while. I took care of the tree the way that they told me to. I was proud of my little tree. And as long as I attended to it, as long as I took care of it, I saw fruit on that tree. And so we would go through, you know, we had that little season where you get it and then now all of the uh, fruit, you know, is is gone. That period of time came. I didn't see anything on the tree. Uh, it was a nice day, so I put the tree outside on the porch. The tree went out on the porch, and then months later, <laughs> I was walking in the house or I went outside to play or something, and I found my little tree out in the back, way down. You know, we had a big yard, it was way down there, sideways, you know, laying down. What happened? I forgot about it. It was out in the elements, and. Uh, <laughs> It was destroyed. I tried to bring it back, but uh, the sun, you know, uh, the soil fell out of it, kind of. (laughs) So uh, I had completely forgotten about it. And uh, I felt bad, tried to bring it back, but it was in tough shape. So that was the end of Maria's little orange tree. Got some good fruit from it, but that was the end of it. The little tree that I had produced those little tiny oranges. Why? Because the tree's growth is determined by the climate, climate, environment, and conditions that are favorable for growth and encourage growth. If I had taken that same little tree, took it out of that pot, got a pot that was a little bigger, put soil in it, you know, put that tree in there, the tree would have grown a little bigger. Then if I had taken it out of that pot, got another bigger pot, put it in that, the tree would have grown a little bigger and probably would have produced bigger fruit. But it was in a small pot. They say that a healthy orange tree can produce between 200 and 350 oranges. That's how much it can produce. But if the farmer is, is uh, very experienced and he practices and he uses the right mix of soil, he can get 400 to 600 oranges instead of the 2 to 350. The soil matters. The environment matters. The conditions matter. For growth now let's go to John chapter 15 and verse 8 John chapter 15 and verse 8 it says when you produce much fruit you are my true disciples this brings great glory to my father the passion translation says when you, your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. This is Jesus talking. And he's giving the disciples the standard of measurement or the way to tell. If someone is a mature or grown-up disciple or follower of Jesus, what is it when you produce much fruit? That's how you know that you are growing up spiritually. When your life is producing much fruit for God. That's how you know that's your life, and that you are... It's not the number of years that you've been saved. It's not the number of years that you've gone to church. It's not the number of years that you've read Bible stories about Jesus. It's not the number of years your parents or your grandparents were saved. You know when you're growing up spiritually... When your life is producing much fruit for him. That's one of the reasons we're talking about growth during our services. And we're celebrating it and recognizing it. Because this could be the year that you produce the most fruit you've ever produced for the Lord. It's possible, but we're in July. We're going to be in August tomorrow. Yeah, it's possible in the next few months that you produce more fruit than you've ever produced in your life for God. What is the climate, environment, and conditions that encourage spiritual growth? Jesus tells us this in John 15 as well. Let's look at verse 1 to 7. Jesus says, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. I read it as, you cannot grow unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, they'll grow. For apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Hmm. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, here's, here's why much prayer is not answered right here. This is our answer to why a lot of prayer is going up, but no answers seem to be coming down. You may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. So to summarize, Jesus said, To stay or abide in him, let his word abide and remain in us. This is not a temporary arrangement. One translation says, Let the word have its permanent place in you. Then if you look at verse 9, he goes on to say, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. First he said, remain in his word, and now remain in his love. And when you obey my commandments, verse 10, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. He tells us to remain in his love is to do what he says. If you love me, Do what I say. Amen? He's not talking about the Ten Commandments there. That's like the foundation there. He's not talking about that. What has he told you to do yesterday? What has he told you to do this month? What has he told you to do last week? Do what he tells you to do. What is he telling you to do today? Amen? Amen? 11, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Here's the reason. Could it be why many are not having joy? Because they're not doing what he said. They're not remaining in his word and his love. Hallelujah. 12, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. 13 there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends 14 you are my friends everybody's Jesus friends everyone every single person is a friend of Jesus no no either it's true or it's not you are my friends if you do what I command Fifteen, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. You don't get inside information. But we do if we do what he says. Hallelujah. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. What does he mean? I've told you everything the Father told 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 me. Now you do it. And you're my friends. If you're my friends... You'll do everything that the Father told me that I told you. (laughs) Amen. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. I've chosen you to grow. So that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. You see it again? Growth answers to prayers. Whatever you ask. Because when you grow, you grow in your trust for him. Your faith grows. You can receive more. Hallelujah. You pray according to his will and his word because you know what it is. You know what it says. Because you're in it every day. Because if you're not in it, you're not growing. So you know his will, you know his word. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. And then as you grow, 1 John 5 Uh, 14 says, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked for. Hallelujah, we grow in this. We grow in our confidence in him. The more you get to know your heavenly father and align with him and his ways, the more you will grow in faith in confidence, in trust. These are some of the fruit of a mature disciple. Amen. When I didn't see any fruit on that little orange tree, I changed how I interacted with it. It was like I was intentional about taking care of it when I saw fruit on it Ooh, or, or the promise of fruit. But when we were in that season where, you know, things have to happen in the soil and replenish and this and that, when we were in that season, I changed how I took care of the tree. It was like out of sight, out of mind. And what happened? Months later, I found it in the yard and there was not one orange on it at all, but it was in the sun and it was watered. The rain watered it. (laughs) The sun was shining on it, right? But that was only two conditions that are required for growth. Right? That wasn't enough. It wasn't in the right environment. It got too cold outside for the tree. It should have been inside. It was outside. And so even though some of the conditions were met, the water, the sun, it was getting plenty of that, the other conditions were not. It should have been in. And so because of that, the elements had an adverse effect on growth. And this is not in my notes, but I was reading Philippians chapter 2 this morning, and it just stuck out at me, and it goes right along with this. That had an adverse effect on on the growth. I want to read that to you in Philippians chapter 2. Now, I've read it several times. I'm sorry, not Philippians 2, Philippians 4. I've read it a number of times. But I had not seen that before. I want to read it in the translation that uh, it was in. Hold on one sec. Look at Philippians chapter 3. Glory to God. Verse 16. In the New Living. Philippians 3.16. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. We must hold on. It's possible to go backwards. Instead of growing, we can start going backwards. We've got to hold on and be intentional so that doesn't happen. Then I was reminded of Hebrews. I think it's 2 and verse 1. It talks about, Making sure you have the word of God and you put yourself in remembrance so it doesn't slip. So you don't drift. That's what happened here. There was progress that was made. There was fruit that was coming. And then it wasn't in the right condition. I did not care for it the way I should have. And then it started going backwards. And then it just died. That can happen with us. And then Jesus talked about the sower sowing the word in Mark chapter 4. do I want to go there? No, we're not going to go there today. But in Mark chapter 4, you'll see how there's some that Satan comes immediately. He came, they all heard the same word. You understand? They all received the same word. Same devil. Same thing he did to all, but only one in that group produced. One of the groups, immediately it was gone. And it reminds me of what I see here. Do you see my parents with their papers out and their pens out? They've done this ever since I was a kid. This is one of the reasons the devil hasn't been able to take the word away from them. Because in the natural, you forget what you hear within minutes of hearing it. If you're not taking notes on what you're getting... The minute you go out this door, that message stays in here. You're gonna pick, you're gonna remember just a little bit of it. I don't take notes really on what people say, I take notes on what He gives me as a result of the word that they said. I take notes on that. And that's what I hold on to because that's the word God has for me. So they sit here. And they take notes every week. It doesn't matter who's speaking. They're taking notes. they got the paper ready. Some do it on their phones, and that's fine on your tablets. That's how I do it. But that's one way where you can help yourself not give the devil an advantage. You have something to look at. Well, no, this is what God told me in church. And if you're coming with faith and expectancy, then you're going to hear something you need for this season. And when I say season, I mean for this week. I listened to Rhema camp meeting every day. I listen to it. Every minister that ministered, I got exactly what I needed for this season that I'm in right now. Things I've been talking to the Lord about, things he's been talking to me about, things I was praying about, things that are coming. I got everything that I needed. Why? Because I watched not just as, oh, I want to see what they're doing. No, I said, I need this. I need some word. I need to be built up. I need to be built up for this season and that's my pastor and that's my church my home church there and so I need that word we were supposed to go but we couldn't we had the closing and you know he couldn't travel and so but we'll be there every year during that 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 week because that's where I need to go because that's going to be the word I get for the season I'm in and so when you come to church don't take this lightly esteem the word that God is giving to you it's not because of me it's because of him I'm telling you when I sit before him and I ask him give me the word that they need to hear I'm not just writing down things that I think sounds good he's teaching us something We have to grow in order for us to receive what he has for us next. In 2015, if this had happened, I wouldn't have been ready for it. We would never have been selling the building. I would be holding on to it because I couldn't see something bigger. I didn't think I was worthy or smart enough to have it. I didn't think that I can do it. Uh, we never, we always played small in terms of what we can accomplish. We stood in a church in Brockton. The Holy Spirit brought this back to me. We stood in a church in Brockton, a huge church that we were looking when we first thought, okay, we need to, was one of the 52 buildings that we looked at before getting into this one. It was huge. When I walked into that church, I'm like, ha, <laughs> ha, we are so out of our league right now. We can never have this. That was the thought I thought. Yeah, faith girl. That's the thought I thought. That's what came through my mind. Huh. We sat talking to those people in the church and the realtor, and I'm like, huh, huh. If you only knew, we don't got nothing in the bank. We got nothing to show for nothing. Yeah, I believe God, but mm-mm. not on this one. Why? I wasn't ready. I was one of the barriers as to why it took 52 buildings to get into this one. Yeah, you probably were too. (laughs) I wasn't ready. What got me ready? Growth. Growth. I'm not going to finish the rest of my message. I'll do that another time. Lord, help me. So I was thinking about this assignment that he's given us as a church in terms of growth and sharing our testimony and our growth stories. And I'm like, Lord, why are you so strong about this with with us? I know people, some don't want to do it, and that's fine. With me, it's fine you got to talk to him and ask him if that's fine for you. Ask him. Don't just dismiss him. Because he's staying on this for a reason. We sing that song. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. We sing that song. But then fear stops us from getting up here and saying, yeah, I grew because I listened to this message and I did this and amen. And we dismiss that and we think, that's okay, that's fine. But let me tell you what happens. Here is how the devil works. In two weeks, we'll sing that song. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God and the devil will do what he did to Eve. You're not afraid? No. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Then why didn't you get up and testify? You give him an advantage in your life. And then what happens? You start feeling guilty. I should have done it. I should have done it. Then you stop receiving from the Lord because now you don't want to come, come to, uh-huh, I should have done what you told me to do. And then weeks later, we'll get. You know, I really wanted to do it. This is what happens to us as pastors. I really wanted to do it, and I should have done it, but you know what? I didn't do it. I got afraid. Then you miss out on what God has told told you to do and the blessing attached to it. There's a reason He has us on it. And again, someone said to me when we were at the event the other day in Dayton, and they said, "This is a huge." undertaking, building a building, and and, and the goals that we have. I was telling them uh, some of the vision. And I don't see it that way. I've seen that building already. I've stood in the building. I've stood in it already. I'm excited for the day for it to manifest in in this natural realm because I've seen myself in it already. That's how real it is to me. Because I've grown so much, I can attain that. My faith is there where I can attain it. Have I reached the pinnacle of No, absolutely not. I have a ton of growing to do. A ton. But I'm sure going to grow. Because I am not going to lose the progress I've already made. And talking about the building when i was back in 2015 now i was a good christian i'm not telling you that i was backslidden or anything i was being used of the lord as much as i allowed him to use me and we had some wonderful moments in our congregation and i was leading worship at the time and 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 and, you know it was wonderful uh i was praying and, and and getting in the word and all of that but i just thought that the normal progression of things was that you read the Bible and you grow. That's what I thought. Well, if I read the Word, I'm going to grow. No. If you don't do what it says, you will not. And the natural order of things on this earth is not that. The natural order of things on this earth and the natural progression of things on this earth is that everything deteriorates every day. It even says our outward man is perishing every day. You buy a car, you drive off the lot with it. It deteriorates, right, it starts deteriorating from that moment that you take it off the lot. It starts losing value. If you don't do proper and regular maintenance of that vehicle, it will deteriorate faster than it would just normally. Everything—it's deterior- the law of thermodynamics. Everything deteriorates if it's not there's no intervention or if it's not attended to. The building, when we move into it, it's going to be beautiful. Can't wait till we get in there. But the day the last construction truck moves away from that building, it will start deteriorating. Why? That's the natural of order, order of things here on this earth. That's just how it is. That's why we have to be good stewards and take care of it. Do the proper maintenance. Take care of the building. Do what we need to do. But you know what won't deteriorate? His vision. His vision was not, it did not be, it wasn't birthed or originated in this natural realm. His vision originated with him in the spirit. So the natural order of things on this earth is not that, oh, it will just happen. Growth is not automatic. If it was, Jesus wouldn't have to tell us to do what he says, to remain in him, and all that. He wouldn't have to tell us. We don't just automatically grow. I wish it worked that way. In 2015, I learned. And in 2016, it was the greatest year, one of the greatest years of my life in terms of growth. We bought this building two weeks later, our home, our first home. I was ordained that year. I was certified by the John Maxwell team that year. We had a lot of things happen when I got intentional about my growth. I invested in myself and in my growth. What is your investment? What is your investment to grow spiritually? It's time. He's not asking for, you know, I need you to pay me to teach you. He's available 24-7-365. He has all the wisdom that you need, all the strength that you need, all the joy that you need, all the power that you need. He doesn't have any more power to give you. None. He's already given it to you. says you've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's already in you. How much you experience it is determined by how much you grow. If you don't grow, you only need a little bit of power. You may ask, God, give me more power. He's already given you all the power you need. What are you doing with it? In Deuteronomy it says he gives you power to get wealth. It doesn't say he gives you wealth. He gives you power to get wealth. There's something that's on us to do. It's for us to do. We have to get in the flow of that power. We get in the flow of that power by growing and increasing in the knowledge of him, his ways, his ways. That's why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first, be intentional about seeking him and everything else that you need. Will be added. Do you know that every single... How many of you know, we're going to close with this, how many of you know what Philippians says about my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus? How many of you have outstanding needs today? And I'll raise my hands because I do. Yeah. But it says my God shall supply all your needs is that a true scripture should we have a need see we can't answer that because we look at it and we go well you know we live in this natural world so there's going to be bills And they no should we have a need no every need should be provided for why isn't that the case because we haven't exercised our faith in that way I'm just like, eh, it's the natural order of things. <laughs> you buy this, you have a bill. <laughs> you know, got to eat.
3: Unless you break cash.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but we have not grown in this yeah. revelation. And it doesn't bother us enough to do it. Yeah. So we haven't put our faith in that direction. So that's why we still have needs. But as Christians, we should have zero need. If we truly believe right. what the Bible says that he meets all of our needs. But you see, if we don't answer why a prayer wasn't answered and we just move on to the next prayer and then the next prayer and then the next prayer and the next prayer and we never go, why did this one get answered? This is growth. You ask questions. I didn't say you question God. I said you ask questions. Why wasn't my prayer answered? What did I not do? Because it's not him. He already provided all my needs. And so growth stops and asks questions. It doesn't just keep doing the same thing. Because what happens when I go to pray the next time when that prayer wasn't answered? What's in the back of my mind? Well, and we put it on him. Well, he didn't answer the last one, so, you know, but I'll try. I'll try. All right, I'm coming to you in faith. Is that faith? No. There is zero faith for the next need when that need is still outstanding, zero. But we're dismissing that. We're just dismissing it. And we're, not, we're just ignoring it. Just ignore it. Just pray, pray, pray. We just got to pray. We just got to pray. He'll answer us. And it's like throwing things up, and maybe one will get answered one day. That is not how a mature Christian is supposed to live. We're supposed to be intentional with our prayer. But that requires growth. Because, see, in our lives, you're probably doing that. I know I am to an extent. Yeah. He told me this a few months ago. Why didn't you get that prayer answered? He had me stop and and think about it. And I figured out why. He showed me why. If you'll ask him, he'll show you. He showed me why. So then I correct that. Then when I go to him the next time, that's not in my heart. Oh, no. I know what the answer is. Okay, I'm not going to do that no more. Or I'm going to do this. He had told me to do something that I didn't do prior to praying the last time, and I didn't do it. I was disobedient. So I had to repent, ask for forgiveness, and then now come to him for my next request. So don't just go through the motions, pray, 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 without determining why the other prayer request wasn't answered. And it's always on us, it's never on him. Or it could be, I'm not grown enough to receive it. How many of the kids in here want to drive a car today? Like, you wish you, yeah, the kid, I wish I drove like today. Well, why aren't they driving yet? Because they're not grown up enough yet. But they'll turn 16 one day and guess what? They're going to be driving. Lord have mercy. But they'll be driving, right? Because they've grown up enough to drive. Well, there are some things that you're reaching for that you can't have yet. Because you ain't ready. I'm not ready. There's some things we're not ready. But the more you grow, the higher you'll reach. The more you'll reach for. And you'll be in that flow of greater power, greater anointing. You'll be in that flow to receive it. You'll be in that flow. He's not withholding it from you. You just need to press in and grow up so you can receive it. Amen? So this is why we're doing this. This is not my message this morning, but praise God we did it anyway. Go ahead and stand with me. So, glory to God. I think uh, the next person I have that turned in a sheet, uh, they're away this week. And uh, they'll be doing it on August the 14th, I believe. So we have um, next week and the week after available if anybody would like to share. I ask that you would just, you know, go through the, you can go on YouTube and it has the titles of the messages. Because, I mean, something may have stuck out to you, but you just didn't realize it and it opened up your eyes and you just like, oh, yeah, that's right. And so go back there and find a message uh, that just stuck with you. Or it could be, like Donna said, morning prayer something that she got from that, a message that has stuck out with you, and, and 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 center your glory story on that. Put it on that. Anchor it to that. All right? Anchor it to that. Glory to God. Father, I thank you for this time together, and I thank you that you are teaching us. You're teaching us to not just dismiss the little things. You're teaching us to value every part of our walk with you. You desire that we live a full and abundant life. You desire that we tap into your greater supply, your abundant supply, and you're showing us how to do that. And so we have to lay down and lay aside those things that easily weigh us down. And so that's what you're teaching us to do. Lay those things down. And you're showing us how to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we thank you for that. We give you praise. And I know as we grow up in all things concerning you that we'll be ready for the next step that you have for us as a congregation and as individuals in our lives. I thank you for the things that you're about to do. Eyes have not seen, nor ears (laughs) have heard, but I thank.